Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Okay, here we are. It is officially May Mental Health Month, which truly is a very wild thing to me since when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, mental illness, mental health, all of that stuff was not really talked about. So the fact that I get my own month, the fact that we get our own month, and the fact that this month exists is such a progression in society. While maybe some of the aspects of now I'm churning out a bunch of content and I'm focusing on it in my business is a new concept as a content creator in this space and as an entrepreneur, I do not take it for granted that something like this exists and that we are celebrating it on Instagram, on podcasts, in our businesses. It is incredible because just 10 years ago, I felt extremely alone. So to kickstart May Mental Health Month, I have some incredible interviews coming your way, which I am so excited about from women who I admire, who are pioneers in their space, who are entrepreneurs, and we are getting really into the details of what mental health means to them. We have that happening. But today to kickstart this month, my month, our month, I thought I would give a little bit of an update on and a reflection, I suppose, on where my mental health is today because it is so wildly different than what it was two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I never thought I'd be at a place where I wasn't afraid of my mental health and my mental illness. I never thought I'd get to a place where I felt confident in my ability to manage my mental health as well as feel a complete inner strength Uh, when it comes to feeling emotions that are uncomfortable and and deep and dark. I come from a mental health background where there were moments of extreme suffering, extreme pain, and quite frankly, were very scary. 
If you are new to this podcast and have not read my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, or follow me on Instagram, I will give a little quick summary of what my past mental health journey looked like, and then I can kind of get into where I'm at today. So I always start my mental health journey with uh, the age of 14 when I had my first depressive episode. I was self-harming, I was restricting food, I was I stopped taking care of myself, I would wear uh, very sloppy sweatpants to school and not shower, etc., and was immediately put into therapy at that age. Throughout high school, I went up and down pretty significantly. There were moments where I felt extremely on top of the world and passionate and alive and on purpose, and then there were other moments where I couldn't even complete my homework due to emotional paralysis. However, in high school, my therapist and my parents and my teachers didn't know if it was a larger mental health issue, especially since it wasn't really talked about back then, or if it was hormonal teenage hormones. So I was kind of monitored. Uh, None of my friends were in uh, therapy, and it really was something that people knew about me, that I was someone who went to therapy. I had some emotional problems, but nothing really came to fruition or was legitimized or identified until I left for college where I started developing extreme paranoia and psychosis where I felt as if men were following me home under my balcony in my closet waiting to come harm and kill me. And as I witnessed my mind exiting reality, I called my parents in a frantic and they weren't sure if maybe I was having a difficult time Um, adjusting to life outside of the house, to being on my own for the first time, or my parents had just gotten divorced, so they thought maybe I was having a little bit of trouble with that. Again, it was this conversation of, is this a normal reaction to life, or is this, or something more happening here? And when I started losing touch with reality and was scared for my life in circumstances that were not real, but were my mind playing tricks on me, it became very clear that something bigger was happening and I spent the next two years uncovering and discovering what that was. I transferred colleges. I went to Sarah Lawrence College and in the first semester of my junior year, like week two, I was formally diagnosed with bipolar disorder and was immediately on a flight home and I dropped out of college. Receiving a diagnosis like bipolar disorder in um, 10 years ago now, so I guess 2012 or 20, yeah, 2012, actually it would have been 2011, I believe. 2011 was an extremely isolating and scary experience. There was no Instagram for me to go find a mental health influencer, as weird as that sounds, or a mental health organization, or to listen to podcast recordings on mental health. There was nobody really to turn to, and I felt as if I was definitely swimming in a sea in the dark, learning how to backstroke myself. And I really did feel done for. I really felt crazy and as if my life wasn't going to amount to anything. I was having difficulty functioning in life. After dropping out, I participated in a two to three month outpatient program. I tried to hold down a minimum wage job as a gelato scooper, a hostess, a bookseller, and uh, get an internship, etc., and quit basically all of my responsibilities. I was locked up on a 5150, which is where they uh, forcefully and involuntarily uh, legally hold you in a psych ward of sorts uh, for 72 hours, I though I uh, charmed myself out of there in 24, and that was one of the scariest moments of my life. 
I was put on medication, which was an endless trial and error situation, many times leaving me worse than I was. I was in therapy and trying to grasp at what my healing looked like. And you've all heard the story, if you've heard me on podcast or on this podcast, that I started taking radical responsibility for my emotions when my now husband, then boyfriend, said to me that we were about a month into dating and he said, I don't care if you're depressed. If you're depressed and hopeful, I can be in this relationship. If you're depressed and hopeless, I can't be here. That was when I was 21 years old, nine years ago, and the past nine years have been an incredible roller coaster that have just recently started to smooth out. I spent most of my 20s in a state of turmoil, yet I was grasping for any sort of strength, confidence, tool, mindset shift, clarity, inner peace that I could. There were a lot of heavy moments in which my husband is still recovering from. I developed new symptoms such as catatonia where when my anxiety or my nervous system goes into overdrive, I become paralyzed and cannot speak or move for up to hours on end. I had moments where I didn't know if I could continue or if I didn't know if I could function in society. I didn't know if I could be successful in society. And yet I also simultaneously, upon finding entrepreneurship at the age of 22, found a passion and a fire inside of me, which really ignited what I associate with the solar plexus chakra, the personal power chakra. And I recognized that I had a lot of power that was sitting within me. And so my 20s were chaotic and destructive. They were illuminating and hopeful. They were sad and joyful. They were me trying really fucking hard every single day. I read back my journals during that time and one journal entry I'm flying high and the next I'm so incredibly anxious and depressed I don't know how to leave my house. And I've struggled with my mental health for a long time and a lot of it was really the only people that truly know my mental illness are those in my very, 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 very tight first level of an inner circle. So my parents, my sister, my husband, and a very select few friends have really seen me through the depths of what this is. And yet I stand here today talking about mental health, rooting for others' mental health, showing others that it is possible to heal allowing people the space to heal and really admitting that this is not an overnight story. This is not an overnight success story. This really has been 15 years in the making. And as I laid the foundations from the age of 14 entering into therapy to now, it felt as if I was layering one brick at a time at a very slow pace and sometimes destroying the brick that I had just laid. And then all of a sudden, the foundation was there and I could rapidly increase towards confidence, strength, and faith. Today, I am someone who, I don't even know if I really, if I really associate myself as someone who suffers from bipolar disorder. I'm still trying to figure out what my identity is around that mental illness and that diagnosis since today, my mental health looks wildly different from when it did when I was in the depths of that diagnosis. Today, I feel confident in my mental health. I feel as if I have the ability to persevere and move through and handle any of life's challenges. 
I feel very empowered by my life and my decisions and my, what's the word, agency that I currently hold, the power I currently hold over my life. And I will say that the leap from feeling extremely depressed to feeling confident that I can manage any of life's challenges, that seems like a large gap. And yet it happened really quickly for me. That gap started closing pretty significantly in the last two years because for the past eight or 10, the past 10 really, I had been working towards and with my mental health every single day, never giving up, adding new things, maybe taking two steps back, but always trying to take a step forward. And so while I felt as if I was stumbling in the dark for so many years, I stayed committed to a daily practice. I stayed committed to journaling and expressing gratitude and going to therapy and working on myself. I never once threw in the towel and said, this is who I am and this is who I will be for the rest of my life, even though I felt like doing that so many times. I rode extreme waves of discomfort and while I didn't like any single one of them, I still held on. And after holding on for so long, my mental health started strengthening like a muscle. And with all of my daily tools, which I am providing every single day in my main mental health challenge, which started this past Sunday, but you can still sign up and get a daily email from me, which has a small ritual action item tool, mindset shift, etc., that you get to implement for that day, because these are the things that helped me over time really get a handle on my mental health. Uh, that's the stuff that helped It's the overtime commitment. It's the consistency. It's the belief. It's the faith. And then the biggest breakthrough I believe I ever had in my mental health was rewiring my core belief to believe that I am safe in my emotions, to know as an absolute truth that I am safe in my emotions. For so long, every time anxiety or depression met me and visited me, I felt unsafe because that's that's what happens when we feel uncomfortable and quote-unquote negative emotions. We feel unsafe in our human experience and therefore we want to rid ourselves of them. We want to eliminate them. We want to diminish them. And it is in our refusal to accept their arrival that they persist in our bodies and in our minds. And so once I realized that I was safe within this human experience that I had survived every little negative, overwhelming, depressing, dark moment, feeling, and experience of my life, I recognize that I am quite the warrior. And in that warriorship, I am safe because I know what to do. I know I can handle this because I have been here so many times. So today I go down. I have moments where I feel overwhelmed. I have moments where anxiety feels so thick and as if it is overriding my entire system that I want to scream. I have moments where I get so angry that I lose my temper. I have moments where I feel so depressed that I'm driving down Del Mar Heights Road in San Diego when I get to the view where you're about to hit the beautiful, beautiful ocean that completely encapsulates your window and I don't see beauty, I see bleakness. I've gotten to the point where I'm crying hysterically for days on end. This still happens to me and yet I don't suffer from those moments anymore because I accept them and I anticipate their inevitable arrival because no matter how much we heal from our mental health, no matter how strong and confident we feel, in our emotions, 
This lifetime is not one that promises joy and happiness and fulfillment and alignment and ease and peace at all times. That is not being human. That is living in the Garden of Eden. This life demands challenges. It demands pain. It demands suffering. It demands moments of you where you don't know if you can make it. And yet you do every single time. So the sole reason why I don't suffer with my mental health or my mental illness today is because I've accepted it so wholeheartedly. I love my life unconditionally, whether I am in a depressive moment or riddled thick with anxiety, or if I'm flying high and joyful and in love with the way the sunset is hitting my kitchen. Those two experiences, lying on the floor crying with sadness or grief and experiencing a sunset and the glory of God, there's no, I mean, of course there's a preference, but they're both sacred. They're both holy. My whole life I was fighting my bipolar disorder and making it wrong and being ashamed of it and trying to hide from it and get rid of it when really it was just life knocking on my door in an extremely passionate way and me refusing to accept what my life is. The minute I felt safe in this emotional experience and the minute I committed to loving my life unconditionally is the minute I started to feel safer within this existence. Again, I still deal with anxiety, depression, catatonia, psychosis, paranoia. I still deal with all that. That is present in my life and it doesn't it doesn't have a grip over me because when it comes I say hello. I know why it's here. I let it do its thing. And then I align back with love. Fear is not my truth. Pain is not my truth. Anxiety and depression, those are not my truths. They are a part of my human experience that I have accepted to experience as a human here, but they are not my truth. My truth is love. My truth is peace. My truth is being in alignment with God. Does that mean that that happens every single day? No, but I believe we went wrong the day we demanded that Joy and happiness and ease and fulfillment and good luck and good fortune is the norm. The moment we turn our shoulder away from some of the more challenging moments and experiences of our lives are the moments that we suffer the most. So for May, for May Mental Health Month, whether or not you join my challenge or not, Maybe we can all just accept this life experience, that we are emotional beings, that our emotions deserve attention and care and acceptance and love, whether it is joy or whether it is depression. We get to ride the waves between all of the duality and all of the polarity and all of the emotional roller coaster with a sense of stability and strength. We don't get to turn our way from the challenges we get to live this life as fully as we can. And I want to leave you with one last challenge for this month. I want you to know that sometimes when we are tending to our mental health, it is very easy for us to get consumed in the negative or the uncomfortable or the suffering or the challenges. 
So I'm going to read you the last chapter of my book, The Emotional Entrepreneur, lesson number 25. Life is beyond beautiful. I was sitting outside in a courtyard alone, surrounded by lush trees and guarding bushes. The spectrum of greens ranged from fluorescent line to deep, earthy tones. Birds were singing to one another as I saw a bunny hop across the outskirts. The soundtrack was the majestic and ease-filled flow of nature. I sat there feeling full and in awe of my surroundings. How strong the tree to the left of me had rooted itself up and up and up. How its leaves provide optimal shade and created a stained glass effect when the sun shone through at different points of the day. The wind made a slight appearance gracing my cheeks. I looked around and let my surroundings seep into my soul. In that moment, I was consciously aware of the fact that life was and is so extremely beautiful. Sometimes, however, in the depths of our to-do list, in the confines of our responsibilities, and in the trenches of our insecurities, we forget. We forget the most profound law of nature, that life is beyond beautiful. You are the emotional entrepreneur, therefore you are in tune with the subtleties of emotional shifts as well as the enormous tidal waves that can consume us with. You also know, even if you forget at times, that life exists despite your emotional landscape. That when you are feeling knee-deep in overwhelm, the butterfly still flies outside and the sunset still paints a magical picture each night. That even when you think everything is crumbling around you, you still awake each morning with a new day and fresh breaths waiting to be taken. That even when you think you have made the most colossal mistake in your business, a happy client is waiting for you to acknowledge her success. Life can get really tough, but you already know that. I believe our universal assignment as human beings on earth is to walk through challenging moments so that we can live the rest of our days with the unique wisdom-filled codes our pain fills us with, if we are so open to receiving them. What you might not emotionally recognize is that toughness, that pain, that heaviness is a universal human experience. We all get to walk through moments of hardship on both a small or large scale. It doesn't matter the weight in which it carries. What matters is that when we are leaning into hardship, we also hold the bigger picture that beauty is all around us and that life always offers inspiration if we so choose to see it, seek it, and claim it for ourselves. I have experienced so many moments in my life while suffering within the shroud of my bipolar disorder where I said to myself, I cannot take this anymore. I cannot do it. The odd thing about that moment of giving up is that I continued to take it. I continued to bear it and I continued to survive it because I had no choice. Every time I said I could not handle my emotions, I continued to handle them because emotions will visit you regardless of whether or not you want them or think you can handle them. Sometimes their visit is short, other times it is long. The difference between my foundational state now and then when emotional turmoil hits is simply that I now know that I'm safe no matter what emotion I experience. This inherent belief in safety comes from the fact that I currently know that when depression or anxiety overtakes my system, beauty still exists outside of that singular temporary experience. Life also exists outside of your business, your career, and your passions. The waves will continue to crash and retract regardless of your monthly revenue projections, the sun will rise and set regardless of your employee suddenly quitting. Your dog will still want snuggles at the end of the day, even if you missed a deadline. And love, in any sort of capacity, will always be waiting for you when you temporarily leave it in pursuit of putting out a business fire. It is easy to be in it, enveloped in the thick of things and laser-focused on the micro-happenings of your entrepreneurial career and life. As the leader of the ship, those details are important. 
As the leader of the ship, you must know the world revolves regardless of those details. I know that this journey will not always be exciting or even feel fulfilling at times. Pursuing your passion is marketed to us as complete bliss 24-7 where alignment carries us through each second of our waking days. Pursuing your purpose guarantees only one thing, that when you go to bed at night, more often than not, you will feel fulfilled. It does not shield you from the ebbs and flows of life or the mind tricks your emotions will play on you. It only offers that through your navigation of life, you will possess a foundation that provides you with a deep sense of meaning. And at the end of the day, we may seek peace or happiness, but if our lives can hold a sense of meaning, we can endure whatever we need to to rise into the women we were destined to be. Hold on knowing that this is the cyclical pattern of life. And in moments where the cycle is not in your favor is the moment you get to show yourself how willing you are to hold on. It is the tough times that saturate the good times with that extra hint of color. It is the remembrance of the good times that will get you through the tough ones. It all serves one another, one beautiful dance between you, your dreams, and your soul. Feel the emotional journey, the growth, and the hardships, but always remember what lies outside of you. Sometimes entrepreneurship can feel so large to our self-centered viewpoint. At the end of the day, you could lose your company and still survive if you chose to. All of what we have here is temporary regardless of our name on the LLC or the receipt that confirms our purchase. So don't forget to dance. Don't forget to laugh. Don't forget the universal truth that life is beautiful. You get to be here. You were chosen to live out this human experience, and so you can't just love it conditionally. You get to love it unconditionally. That means embracing the painful moments. That means even when something doesn't go in your favor, you are grateful that you are placed into the position in the first place. As the emotional entrepreneur, you get to know that through pain comes growth. You can and will take on the hard shit in pursuit of your inner development. You get to taste the fruits of your labor because you chose the labor and the type of fruits you wanted to plant. There is nothing you cannot do if you so choose. And so I am here asking you, humbly pleading and begging with you, to please choose the perspective that life is beautiful. To choose the perspective that you can ride the emotional waves presented to you with a deep, deep understanding that you are capable, safe, and ready to receive what this life has to offer you. To choose the you that holds the long-term vision. The you that shows up as her highest self, the you that is waiting for you to believe in her. On days when the schedule is jam-packed, we are questioning our worth, self-doubt is creeping in, and our limiting beliefs surge to the surface. We must remember that life is holy and sacred and miraculous and beautiful. It is always there, offering itself to us, if we just shift our perspective to marvel and receive. So, emotional entrepreneurs... Happy May Mental Health Month. I am so proud of you. I am honored that you listen to this episode, this podcast every single week. I am grateful that you choose yourself each and every single day. And I am so proud that we all prioritize our mental health. I love you and I will catch you next episode. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes. 
and get involved in all of my offerings from Scouts Agency to OKSYS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here and I will see you on the next episode.